0: Good
1: evening, everyone. I will be recording this class. If anyone, if anyone has a question about that, please feel free to comment. Or,
2: so we're to cut down on the profanity.
1: Thank you, David. I don't know if I can, but uh. Today, unfortunately, Rabbi Shala Rabbi Yeshua. Gordon of the Valley of California. He passed away. He taught Tanya and he taught Chumash Rambam for numerous years on Chabad.org. And so today's class is going to be dedicated to his memory. May his memory, may his neshama be a blessing for all of us. The 10th Sphero Part 2. You know, last week before we ended off, I got some feedback that we should start off this week with a little summary and perhaps cl- a little more clarity in what we're dealing with. So, so before we go back into the text of the Tanya, let's, let's go through this chart. Sure, sure. Does anyone else need? Absolutely. Absolutely. These are yours. To keep. Okay. Anyone else? It Would you like to bar one for today? Yes, yeah. well, thank you for well, right Over here we see the tents if he wrote, <clears throat> and as we learned last week. God is made up of the tens if he wrote and we, we are made in God's image meaning that we have the tens if he wrote within us the 10 attributes this is for you okay, thanks. and last week we dis- we were able to we, to take the tens if he wrote <coughs> excuse me we were able to take the tens if he wrote and break them up into two We said, the first three, (laughs) Chachma bin Adas, Wisdom, Understanding and Knowledge, all fall under the category of our intellectual part of us, and the continuing seven, Kindness, Severity, Beauty, Splendor, Victory, Foundation and Kingship, as we'll discuss today, all of these seven, fall under the category of emotions. So the first three are intellect are intellect, and the last seven are emotions. Any questions? No. So now, we're prepared to go back inside the text of the Tanya and delve and get a beautiful and wonderful understanding of what these wrote do. In depth, we had the opportunity last week to discuss Chachma, Wisdom. We said Wisdom is that little dot, that first flash of lightning, And then we have the Bean of the Understanding which, as we gave the example, is breaking apart in all directions that little dot, pulling it apart. That's, so we have Wisdom, the dot. And we have understanding, which is breaking it apart. Last week, we skipped Das. And that is purposely, purposeful, as we'll see at the end of today's chapter. And we started getting into Chesed and Gevura. So we're going to go right now into the text of the Tanya. And learn how Chachma and Bina... Give birth, as we called them last week. They're the father and the mother. Chachma is the father that drop. Bina is, is breaking it apart. It's like the nine months of pregnancy. The cre- Chachma, the father, Bina, the mother, and the children are all of these seven emotions. Let's look inside of the Tanya and see what this means. In the red Tanya, we're in the middle of chapter 3 and we are on page third we are on page 12 right hand column the line begins this this is called bina and we're going to start with the words these Chachma and bina so we're about halfway down the right hand column uh yisha we able to find it yeah yeah michael in the hand, in the handouts, if you have a copies, so we're going to be on page page number two, and we're in the last two lines of the first column, these Hachman Bina. Chapter 3.
0: It's actually on the left. These Chachman
1: oh, Bina. You. Left, thank you. Um, Yosef, please go ahead. These Chachman Bina.
0: These Chachman Bina are the very Father and Mother which gave birth to the love of God and all and dread of Him. For when
2: the intellect in the rational soul deeply contemplates and immerses itself exceedingly in the greatness of God, how He fills all worlds and encompasses all worlds, and in the presence of whom everything is considered as nothing. There will be born and aroused in His mind and thought the emotion of awe for the d- Divine Majesty, to fear and be humble before His greatness.
1: Blessed be He which is without end or... Deme- Thank you, Yoisef. Okay. So we've just established that when, th- when someone sits down and they think, how often do we wish we could just sit down and think? We're so busy with, lo- with life. If When someone sits down and they think about something, that will automatically, if they really are thinking, give birth to love or awe or both to whatever we're contemplating about. So, that means wisdom and understanding are the father and mother of our feelings. Without wisdom and understanding, without thinking about something, without contemplating it, really getting to the bottom of it, we don't really love that idea. So, let me clarify this up front. Of course, you could see someone and love them. But that's not called real love. Real love is not seeing and that's, that's temporary. Loving someone or loving something is when we're able to really connect with it. If Without our mind, it's not real love. And we'll talk later on in chapter 4, we're actually going to have a class on what is love. Whether it's love to a spouse, love to an idea, what is real love? I don't want to lose focus here, but one thing I want to clarify is love By looks, let's just talk in a very graphical way. If someone is attracted to someone's looks, there's no love there. It's just unfortunately, it's actually unfortunate, they're just attracted to the looks. Love is when we're able to think about something, we're able to understand it, we're able to take it to a new level, then that gives birth to feelings. So therefore, wisdom and understanding are the father and mother of our feelings. I'd like to teach you today a new Kabbalistic term. This Kabbalistic term is a secret term. And when I say secret, I would say that without understanding this term, we can't understand Kabbalah. With understanding this term, we could jump light years ahead in understanding Kabbalah. And that term is called Or. What's it
0: called? Or. Oh, light.
1: Light. What is so phenomenal? What is so incredible about this new term, or? Light. How could it be? We say that God created the world, but yet He doesn't care about the world. He has no connection to the world. He's infinite. God is way above the world, and He created a world, but it didn't affect Him. We have so many controversial statements within Judaism. It doesn't really make sense. Did God create the world? Did he not create the world? Is he invested in the world? Is he not invested in the world? Is he focused on the world? Or is he... How do they all work together? And the answer is... Or, light. Rays of the sun. Let's look at the sun. The sun is specifically... Aside from Or, the sun is an incredible example given very often in Kabbalah. Because the sun heats up the world. Makes no difference to the sun. The sun doesn't, is not trying to heat up the world. The sun can create. We humans, we're trying to allow the sun into our, we work very hard to make sure that everything gets sunlight. We're, all we're doing is making sure that we're not stopping the sun. But we're not making the sun grow anything. The sun is not involved in what it's doing. The sun couldn't care less about what's happening. Not only that, the sun is not inspiring us. A ray of the sun is inspiring us. That ray of the sun is worthless relative to the sun itself. Imagine you tried to grasp the ray of the sun. It has no value relative to the sun. And this is a beautiful example to give us at least a taste of what it means that God created the world but he wasn't involved in the creation. Just like the sun. The sun heats up the world. If we put different types of glasses, colored glasses, the sun will give different colored, colored light to the world. But it's not actively involved in this. Not only is it not actively involved, you could go ahead and put down the shades here and the sun won't care. Pick up the shades. Put, this has no effect. And that is, to an extent, what it means that God created the world like the ray of the sun. The rays of the sun, when, they, when they're going to give nourishment to what's in the ground, things are going to grow. Now, with this introduction, we could go back to what we spoke about last week, the three methods through which God is connected to our world. We said there is one method called mimale Kolalmin, where God penetrates the world. There is one level of godliness within each and every one of us. We are actually, God has descended and is enclosing himself within every detail of us. For example, our soul descends and a specific energy of the soul comes into our eye, allows our eye to see. A specific energy of our soul comes into our ear, allows our ear to hear. A specific energy of our soul comes into our hands, allows our hands to move and unfortunately we all know what happens if, if that specific energy doesn't come to that part of the body. That is one method of how God is connected to the world. Where yes, He has descended into every detail. Min malei That method is called light. Again, because that's not the essence of God. It's just like a ray of the sun. A higher method is exactly like the sun where the sun doesn't come into each of us specific, similar doesn't come to each of us differently the sun penetrates the sun comes it's by all of us the same it's, that is the second it's a higher level of godliness god hasn't descended to our details but yet it's still a, it's still a ray that is hitting us, it's penetrating us both of these levels, mimale kolalmin, the one that fills all the details. mimale means to fill. It fills all the details of us. And sove kolalmin, the one that surrounds us. Yes, David? With respect, Ravi. Yes. You know, I'd like to finish my thought and then I'll, I'll allow you to... Yes. So we, we, we have mimale, it fills us. We have sove. It surrounds us. These two levels are, are called or. They're called light. Because... They've already come down within the world and if you're coming within the world, it can't be the essence of God. It could only be His light. And then we have the highest level, which is Kulo kame Kilo The whole world is like nothing to God. And that's referring to the essence of God. Three levels again. Anyone want to repeat it back? Um, Robert, can you repeat back to three levels?
0: Still contemplating the first one.
1: <laughs> no worries. Anyone want no no pressure. Garrison. In English or in Hebrew? In English, please.
0: Because I couldn't do it in English. Uh, well, uh, the, the one where God is is within us and penetrates everything. Go ahead. There's the next one is when God Encompasses good. around everything. Good,
1: and now both of those two levels are called. Or good,
0: and I'm not sure why the highest one, where everything is that is as nothing. Right. Why that is not. Or.
1: Because that's the eth- essence of God. That's not anymore the energies. That's the essence of God. By the, regarding the essence of God, we're like nothing. Right. And now we can look back into our Tanya and see this is exactly what Rav Shneir Zaman just said. We're going back to the words, for when the intellect. We're going back about three lines that Yosef just read and I'd like to read it. For when the intellect and the rational soul, this is the godly soul, the godly soul is rational. It uses its intellect. When the intellect and the rational soul, listen here, deeply contemplates and immerses itself exceedingly in the greatness of God. And listen to the three details, here we go. How he fills all worlds, first level, filling them, and encompasses all worlds, level number two, and in the presence of whom everything is considered as nothing, level number three. So when we're able to focus on the three methods of interaction that God has with, to us, so then there will be born and aroused in his mind and thought the emotion of awe for the divine majesty. Wow. Wow. Hashem interacts with us in every way necessary. And when we think about the greatness of God, Think about the greatness of God on any level you want to. That's going to create within us a feeling of awe and listen to the type of awe. To to fear and be humble. There's many types of fear. David, I didn't forget about your question. I'll take it momentarily. There's many types of fear. One fear is, God forbid, someone's going to arrest you. You're not really scared of them because you think they're great people. They could be horrible people, God forbid. Unfortunately, people in Syria, in in Iran, they're scared. People may be scared. That doesn't mean they're scared because they respect those people. We're talking about a fear of God. That we're humble. When we think about the greatness of God, it just makes us... Let me give you an example. You walk in front of your Rebbe. You just tremble in front of him because you recognize that relative to your Rebbe, you're nothing. It makes you humble. You're not, you're not scared. Your Rebbe's never going to hit you. He's not going to hurt you. You're scared because you're in front of a most awesome inspiring person. It's a whole different type of fear. This, when we say fear God, I mentioned this a few weeks back regarding the Holocaust. That after the Holocaust, some people said they compared God to a sniper. A sniper is waiting on a rooftop. He's waiting for his target. And they said, God is waiting for his target. You fill up that basket full of sins and an atomic bomb. 100% false. No, 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 no. If that was the case, then yes, we need to be scared of God. But that's not the case. God, doesn't, God loves us. We're his only child. He loves each and every one of us. So, what does it mean that we fear him? We fear him because we love him so much. We're scared to do anything bad. Just like we love the Rebbe, we love our. And when you're the presence of your Rebbe, you, you, you're just awestricken. The same thing. And that's what the Rebbe Shneur Zalman is saying here. He's saying, don't think. You think about the awesomeness of God, and you get you get scared. He's going to hurt you. No, you become humble. It's a whole different type of fear. So, in summary, when you think, when you when you have wisdom and understanding, that gives birth to emotions. Thank you. Yes, David.
2: With all due respect, our sitter, if you compare it with other sitters, emphasizes the concept of light more. But light in the physical sense of the stream of photons is not the same. Before we even begin the service, it says, as we wrap ourselves in our palace, in your light, we see light. And so the concept of light is a, uh, a form for us to think of the Almighty in, in the sense of the greater illumination of what His presence brings. And our sitter emphasizes that. So light, not only in Kabbalah, but in, respectfully in to me in the Tanya, has an extremely important role
1: as a metaphor. Fantastic, and uh, thank you. So we established that this thinking and contemplating gives birth. So far, we said to fear, and now, after we have this fear, we're now going to we're now going to have a a love. For God born. Michael, could you continue reading? Um, from next his heart will glow.
0: Next his heart will glow with an intense love like burning coals, with a passion and desire and longing, and a yearning soul towards the greatest of the blessed. And so, this constitutes the culminating passion of the soul, of which scripture speaks as My soul longeth. Yea, even fainteth. And my soul thirsteth for God. And my soul thirsteth for thee.
1: Thank you very much, Michael. So, after we have fear, love is born. Lottie, what does it mean to love God? What does that bring out within us? I, I've related related a story. Did I relate it here? That... To love fish. How many of you here love fish? Famous. <laughs> a lot of people love fish.
0: You mean to eat it or to have them as pets? <laughs> Fantastic.
1: You know. No, okay, you're familiar. I want to share with you another story. Um, we'll talk about it again in Chapter 4. But yes. What does it mean to love God? What will it bring out within us? So, it's a lot. Of, yeah.
0: To, to act to our potential, to live to our potential.
1: Loving God will make us better people. hundred percent. Why? Why would it make us better people?
0: Well, you just alluded to the fact that we 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 don't want to err or to make wrong choices or.
1: So that's maybe going back. Our so that's going to go back to fear. But what does the aspect of love add to the fear? It's a tough question. Basha, what do you think? Well, it
0: it adds a desire on our behalf to connect with them and to do business.
1: So, love of God brings a desire to connect. You agree? Liz? Mm Yeah, I I think I would agree with that. You want to add anything?
0: um just that when you when you fear God when when you love God it's like a, it's like a different kind of devotion than
1: when, than when you, you okay, of course, we, yes, the love is going to bring out a new a new aspect, a new connection to God, and 100%. Very yeah. good point. So, Hey, that, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Joni. I it can bring about, like, I'm saying this word kind of love, because it, like, in a way you have
2: a fear, but it's like you said, it's an awe, but also I think, and you say connection, I think it also um, leads
0: to trust.
1: Connection and trust. Surrender. Surrender. I like that word. We'll see in a moment. Garrison. what were you going to say?
0: Well, I think uh, the last two people summed that up because I was going to say (coughs) if you fear God and then you love God, well, when you love God and you go through difficult situations in life or challenges or things that you fear. You actually fear them less because you have trust in, in God. So it's, it's like maybe you have fear, but the love of God also takes away your fear.
1: Well, if you say that fear means to be humble, oh, there's no contradiction. That's true. That's true. But okay, and I appreciate that the more we love God, Yosef, the more we're going to want to connect with Hashem. Our souls are a part of Hashem. And our soul's biggest desire is to leave this body and connect with God. And that is these three passages we've just quoted. Sam my, nafshi My soul thirsts for you, God. My soul wants to go out and let, leave its body and just connect. You know, Rabbi zom." I forget exactly who the story happened with. But there was a great sage and he had just learned something so inspiring that he himself was about to expire. His soul was about just ready to leave its body and he physically had to go ahead and eat something physical to draw his soul back in. If we really love God, automatically we're going our first inclination is to leave this world. This world is not helping us connect with God. So we think. Of course, as we understand Tanya, the more we understand, the more we're going to recognize that actually the world is the only method to connect with God. But we'll deal with that. But our soul naturally loving God means to actually want to connect and let go of its body. And now, what we're going to see is that dependent on which Level of love to God we have, there's a separate passage for that. There's three types of love we could have to God. We could be loving the God that f- fills all the world, mimali. we could be loving the aspect of God that's, that surrounds us, and we could be loving the aspect of God that is separated from us. Let's look inside of those three passages that Michael read so well and see how each one of these passages is telling us that no matter which level of godliness you are bringing out your tremendous love for, the initial reaction of that love is to connect with God in its simple, in its simple meaning. Let's see that inside. The, the Tanya reads, Which scripture speaks, as my soul yearns, indeed, indeed it pines, Now over here, this is a quote from Psalms 84.3 and the pasal continues One second, I'm actually, I'm I'm getting confused. This specific passage says, my heart is yearning for the court, courtyard of God, Lechatra, it's a chatser. That's a reference to the lowest level of godliness. The level that encompasses all of us. If we're connected with that level, if that's the level we're think, thinking about, then our, our soul is going to yearn, yearn for that level of godliness. If our soul is, is, is thinking about and having a love, For the aspect of godliness that surrounds us, let's look at the next passage. But I'll ask if you could follow me in the Hebrew for one second. You could just listen. The next passage says, Tzama nafshi le My soul thirsts, and I need to focus on the Hebrew for a second, it says Elohim. We know there's many names of God. Each one, Kabbalah, tells us has a different meaning. Elohim is the name of God connected with the world. So again, the second passage is a reference to the aspect of God that surrounds us. And let's look at the third passage. The third passage, beautiful niggin. Anyone ever heard this niggin? Tzama lichon sorry The air at Join me for a minute. Ay, 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 ay. We'll sing that niggin together before we end tonight. It's an amazing niggin. Mm-hmm. But that niggin, that's the third passage we quote, is Sama um, Lechonafshi. It says, my soul thirsts for you. No name of God. L'cha. sama thirsting, l'cha for you, nafshi. Who is you? That's the aspect of godliness is no name. So no matter what, how we're gonna cut it, what we're gonna think about, as long as we're thinking about God, we're gonna come to love God, and we're gonna come to fear God. Any questions? If not, then I mean at this point it's clear how the intellect gives birth is the father and mother of emotions. Yishai, clear? Robert? Michael? Okay. But, everyone here should have had a major question. And I'm sure you all did, just you were a little embarrassed to ask. But here goes the major question. What comes first on the chart? loving god or fearing god which one is first from the emotions perhaps i didn't tell you how to read the chart let's look at the chart for a second the chart is red i'm getting confused this is this is okay this is your left this is your right correct I'm getting confused. I'll, you know, I'll just say my left so I won't get confused. Over here on the left is Chachma, is wisdom. On the right is Bina. Well, Hebrew is read Right to left. So that means wisdom comes first. Then understanding. The two together have knowledge. Now let's continue. We have kindness on the right. Then we go to the left, then is severity, then it's beauty. Which one of these emotions does fear fall under? Givura. Severity. Fear falls under Givura. So what came first? Love, which would fall under kindness? Or fear? Love. But seemingly, Rabbi Schneir Zaman himself has proven to us the opposite is true. Because he said in the Tanya that first you get fear of God, and then you get love. So have we just proven this false? Or have we proven the, what is going on here? And of course we haven't proven it false. And again, I challenge all of you for 30 seconds to look in the Tanya, in the English, and find me the one word that answers this question. Look inside of what we of what we just read and see if you could find me the one word that answers this question. The answer is the word aroused. In the Tanya we said that when the intellect and the rational soul deeply contemplates and immerses itself so I'm going to skip ahead a few lines there will be born and aroused in his mind and thought the emotion of awe. What does aroused mean? In our context aroused means it's just the initial reaction. But it's a fake fear. Meaning, when we think about God, our initial reaction is going to be this fear of God. But that is not real fear. After we love God, and we've established our tremendous love, then will flow out the fear, as we spoke about, this fear out of humility. So truly, our initial reaction will be, yes, to be scared of God. But that is only a step leading to the love. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. When you come to a new country, the first thing you need to do is have fear. The first thing you need to do is know that there's rules. But hopefully what's going to happen is you'll come to love the place you live and you'll come to actually appreciate the rules. So hopefully that initial fear of just being hurt is only temporary and that will lead you to a proper love and then a proper fear out of respect. David. Farstandic? Understood? I
2: think
1: so, far. You want to share something? I,
2: let's let it go right
1: now. Okay. So so we have this, so now we've actually learned that there is an initial fear that allows for us then to love God, because remember, if we don't have that initial fear, so what's going to keep us attached? What's going to keep us sane until the proper fear is born? We need to listen to God, we don't have a choice. So the first thing we need to do, as we'll learn in chapter 41, is no matter, we always have to have a fear of God burning in our heart. You know, unfortunately, we all know we could love someone or love love something and do nothing for them. If we don't have fear, just love itself won't do it. The initial reaction always needs to be, there always has to be that fear of God. And that is the first initial reaction, there's that fear. And then we have a true love and that will give birth to a true and appropriate fear a fear of out of humility. And I'd like to conclude today by now discussing the difference between the animalistic soul's attributes and the godly soul. And let's see that inside as we wrap up the emotions of a person. Let's, let's continue on. We're currently holding in the Tanya by the line This thirst is derived from the element of fire. If you see that, please raise your hand so I'm, f- I'm familiar that you're with me. Got it? Okay. Um, Dr. Yosef, could you please read? Uh,
0: this thirst is derived from the element of fire which is found in the Divine Soul. As students of natural science affirm, and so it is in Eitz Chaim, the element of fire is in the heart, while the source of the element of water and moisture is in the brain, which is explained in Eitz Chaim Portal 50 to refer to the faculty of Chachma, called the water of the divine soul. The rest of the Midot are all offshoots of fear and love their derivations as, as explained elsewhere.
1: Thank you so much Dr. Yosef. Hmm. If you remember we said everything of course is comprised of fire, water, air, and dust. And we said we learned numerous weeks back that the animalistic soul, does anyone remember any of the four elements what they give to the animalistic soul? Fasha. Water, we said is all the pleasures. Water gives birth to pleasures. We said dirt makes you heavy. Depression. Air is talking nonsense. There's nothing to it, etc., etc. All the four elements of the animalistic soul were all negative. But not only that, they were all connected to our feelings, our emotions. The godly soul, the element of fire, fire goes up, And the element of fire we've just heard, Dr. Yosef read so eloquently, is our thirst for God. That means our godly soul is made up of a fire that wants to automatically constantly connect with God. The element of water. Could anyone look back in those words? It's a little hard to understand. But the element of water of our godly soul is. Could you call it out, please? It's in the brain. But what is it specifically? What is the element of water of the godly soul? Chachma. Chachma Chachma is? Wisdom. Specifically within the intellect, it's the wisdom, that initial flash. So that means that the wisdom of of our godly soul is water. Is the water that makes up the godly soul. So what I wanted to share with you in summary of today is the godly soul is controlled by intellect. The animalistic soul is controlled by emotions. That is why it's called animal. Animals are 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 to the most part controlled by their emotions. They have intellect, but most of that intellect is to allow them to get what they need from their emotions. If they want to eat something, their intellect is going to tell them, you know how you're gonna get you know how you're gonna be able to catch that item. So the intellect is running after the emotion. It's upside down. Human beings are supposed to have intellect controlling your emotions. And that is what's happening by the godly soul. The water is the element of wisdom and that has the ability to control our godly soul. Meaning, in summary, if we allow our animalistic soul to take the better of us, then we may be acting like an animal. When someone just goes after their emotions and their intellect is providing them what they want, in a sense they are acting, not in a sense, they are acting very similar to an animal. But when a person takes their mind and they allow their mind to control what they're going to do, although they may want something, although, I think all of us may have had times where we wanted to do something that wasn't appropriate. That's okay as long as we're able to take that thought and push it away. We're a Benini. We we take the thought and immediately we move it away. That's fine. If we don't move it away, then we've lost control. So in summary, then I'll take that question. In summary, today we started off by saying how wisdom and, and understanding Chachma and Bina are the father and mother for our feelings. We went ahead and we discussed the three methods of how God interacts with the world, which is Memali Sovev and Kula Hamei Kemalach Hashiv, which is He permeates, he sur- how God surrounds, and the aspect of God is completely separated. We said when we think about these three methods, and we truly think about it, we're able to create a fear of God, a fear of hu- out of humility. Not that we're, fear of, we're scared God is going to hurt us, but a fear out of humility, That will then give birth to this burning love of God and we've concluded that the love and fear of God is coming from the wisdom which is actually the aspect of water within our brain. Thank you very much. Are there any questions? Yes, David.
2: Um, personally, uh, I've, my, peregrinations through this have replaced the word fear with awe. And that seems to be uh, much beloved by Steinsault in that he thinks, and I agree, that the term awe, in terms of fear, is a, a much more, uh, uh Comprehendable, wholesome, and
1: holding your hand turned in regard to God. Okay, David, thank you for pointing that out. David is pointing out that perhaps awe is more appropriate than fear. And, and I appreciate, I truly do. And I'd like to point something out.
2: I'd like to be a hakam, but the fact is, I get it from
1: science. Also. <laughs> cool. I'd like to point something out to David. And to actually everyone here, if we could look back in the English, in the English, the beginning of where we started today, it says these chachman bina are the very father and mother which give birth to love of God. And listen to the next words, and ah and dread of him. And these two words in Hebrew are Yira and Pachad. Yira is Ah. Pachad is dread. And the two words refer to a different method or how deep our fear of God is. If it's just affected our intellect, then it's, uh, it's awe. F- if the fear of God has actually affected not only our intellect, it's affected even our emotions, it's then going to be dread. Mm-hmm. But uh, So thank you very much, David, and yes, I, I appreciate that. I'll try to use that word awe. Uh. Well, th-
2: God forbid I should tell you what to do. I would
1: just throw no, and, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Any other questions? Any other questions? Okay. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Thank you. Yes. Is it possible to get periodic given? They're not going to rock them. Absolutely. I to write them. Absolutely.